1: Don't be afraid to let some silliness out. We didn't get a goof for the intro yet, and that just will do. Oh,
0: don't worry, buddy. We can always have a late I'm goof. I'm a very sleepy boy in. who just
1: worked for eight hours, so I'm sure I'm going to be loopy.
0: <laughs> Maybe not. That, Is that it? It. <laughs> it might be. <laughs>
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Backstage Gaming Tardy Edition, Uh, dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris. This is Dylan. And we're very sorry for this episode being up several days after it was supposed to. Uh, Last week, just kind of got away from us. We were not able to find a time to record, and then by the time we finally did, Dylan lost his voice. I,
0: I had the garbage throat, and I was also guest appearing on another podcast, so...
1: Yeah. Uh, so, we we just didn't manage to make it happen. We're finally getting it done now. Uh, to make up for it, next episode is going to be very cool. We're going to have our very first guest, which is going to be awesome. So be ready for that on this coming Monday. Uh, we're very excited, but we'll leave more about that for later. So yeah, Dylan, you're on another podcast. Tell us about this.
0: Yes. So if it's oh, if it's
1: kosher to be told about, I don't actually know.
0: I mean, I I don't it probably see, is
1: I don't see why not. Um.
0: Everyone should go check out the Unseen Places, and I'm going to double-check to make sure I got Unseen and Places right. Because <laughs> I don't want to, like, say the name of this podcast and then be wrong. I think it's the Unknown Places. Unknown Places! Oh, God! <laughs> You're on the show! I know, but, like... <laughs> Christine, I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> uh, our, our friend Christine is doing a... Um, a tabletop, not so much tabletop, but a role-playing podcast. It is not un- what
1: the fuck is the name? Maybe you were right. Maybe I'm Maybe I'm the asshole.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm,
1: oh boy, I'm looking it up.
0: Like, because it's like, it's it's a good title. It is a good title, but like, I Unexplored always...
1: Places. Oh, oh That's my God. It. We were both wrong. We're, we're both the jerk. We love you, Christine. It's it's like how
0: my dad always calls Lord of the Rings the Two Towers, the Twin Towers. It's like it's a good title, and like we should know better. We should, (laughs) but we still fuck it up. And I'm sorry, the unexplored places.
1: It's a great podcast. We talked about it a couple episodes ago when we were doing uh, our episode on tabletop RPGs. It's an actual play podcast, and it's super fun. And Dylan is appearing in like a special mini arc thing uh i'm
0: on it but that doesn't stop me from being a monster
1: (laughs) do you do you know when uh when your arc is gonna launch
0: i am i am not quite sure when my arc is going to launch i feel like it should be coming up soon yeah Um, we are still going through that though so and
1: i'm also i'm a bad podcast friend and i am very behind on uh unexplored places but it's a great show and you should go listen to it um yeah I'm I also have a different podcast coming out soon. Uh, there's a new podcast launching sometime in February called Unwell, a Midwestern Gothic Horror or Gothic Mystery. I don't remember what the exact tagline is, um, but I am in two episodes at the very end. If you listen all the way through, you will get to hear something dreadful that I will leave vague happen to me uh, in excruciating detail, and I i'm really excited it was a ton of fun to record it's like a very minor part but the show itself seems rad and i cannot wait to listen through all of it and hear bad things happen to me um so be on the lookout for unwell a midwestern gothic mystery dropping sometime in february um we had announcements to do this week that was fun
0: <laughs> yeah no I we're like uh, this. <laughs> taking taking one step forward well we're real boys <laughs> Let's um, hope.
1: So this week, uh, Dylan's going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting as far as actually like providing content, because as might have been mentioned already, if I use a particular intro bit, I'm very tired. Uh, I've been working a lot recently, and while I am now working at a closer store, it is also like, it's still work and it's still eight hour days, and we're recording this, I got home from an eight hour day like 30 minutes ago, so.
0: <laughs> I also uh, know from my brother that we are expecting a bit of a snowstorm so you might also be getting that snowstorm rush
1: oh fun yeah Um, and Um, also
0: i think like because of certain things pertaining to the government people are just now getting their food stamps for the month yep so yep yep yep
1: yeah no today was a nutty day uh but Mm -hmm. anyway dylan's gonna be doing some of the heavy lifting so dylan why don't you explain what we're gonna be talking about this week
0: okay so um i guess uh before that a bit of a forward Um, We will have a more formal announcement later, Um, but Chris and I have been talking, and this is definitively a show about me and him as theater people and the fact that we like video games, and we've kind of just left it at that, and I feel like we've done a bad job selling the show, Uh, so we're talking about revising our mission statement, Uh, I'm not sure entirely what that entails. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be writing that out. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted you guys to know going into this episode is that this one's going to be a bit lighter on the theater aspect. Um, we are approaching this more in like ways of like storytelling and creating mood and atmosphere, which is still artistic. And it is still, I I believe it pertains to the creation process of media yeah, and it, it's still going to be very much
1: flavored by and molded by our, like, theatrical training and what we do and how we approach art. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big change is really going to be that it's no longer, like, we're not always going to do a one-to-one, like, here is a thing in a game and here is a thing in the theater and, like, compare and contrast. Because if we do that, like, we're going to run out of ideas and we don't want to run out of ideas. Uh, exactly. So we're we're... Like Dylan said, we're we're gonna sort of workshop and figure out exactly what we want the stated goal to be. Uh we've said, I think, every episode that we're still kind of figuring out what exactly this show is gonna take uh going forward, but we're, you know, now actually gonna do that a little more seriously off the air as well. So be on the lookout for something a little more formal and something a little bit more direct definitive yeah. yeah yeah uh in the next couple weeks once we are able to hammer that out
0: so uh that being said um there's a game i'm excited for that's coming out in the coming weeks and it's uh it's not kingdom hearts 3 although i am excited for that um the resident evil 2 remake looks amazing
1: and it looks so really
0: good i'm in... not even a resident evil fan in this <laughs> game looks really good in excitement and anticipation for this um I was playing through the original Resident Evil 2 on the PlayStation 1 with one of my good friends, and he had never played it before. uh, His entire experience with Resident Evil has been through Resident Evil 4 and the Resident Evil remake on the... I I think he played it on PC, but it was originally released for GameCube. Um, And so I was just kind of... As as we were playing this game together, I, I was kind of thinking about... Um, and this is going to be kind of an echo of our original episode, but hopefully much more focused. Um, <laughs> don't don't set us up for success that hard. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, our first episode, we were talking about how, as players, we, we get into the role of our avatar by wanting to score higher, and the way that, like, you gain more points by playing more in-character. And so... To kind of do the inverse of that, I want to talk about how... I really like how Resident Evil does the opposite idea very well of... Instead of you kind of going above and beyond to get more points, you are doing everything you can to avoid losing um, resources. So I I think in the first episode we talked about this a little bit with uh, Fire Emblem and how, you know, a lot of uh, Fire Emblem is thinking like... What am I risking versus what can I get out of a risky gambit? Um, Resident Evil, I, I think, goes a step farther because it, it's more than just, like, the tactical feel of, like... It, it It goes beyond, like, risk and reward from, like, a purely strategic uh, perspective. Resident Evil does risk and reward from a, you know, a, a tone perspective. Mm-hmm. Because Resident Evil is one of the first examples of horror in the video game genre. And one of the
1: things that I I dig about this sort of thread that we're taking is we're still talking about the same idea that we had in that first episode where, like, you know, we talked about how if you're playing Sonic the Hedgehog and you're working on, like, finding the fastest routes and beating your best times, that is in a way kind of getting in character for Sonic, where in something like Resident Evil, where you have very limited storage capacity, very limited ammunition and you're in this dark, foreboding environment where, like, you never know how much you're going to need, it's the same kind of getting in character, just like they're they're pushing you... The circumstances of what's going on are pushing you as a character to want something very, very different.
0: Yeah. Um. And so, you know, to use theater terms, because I can actually still do that, Um. you know, your objective is to get out of the spooky place where all the zombies are, and your o- obstacles are... Everything. Spooky zombies. Uh, you got you got puzzles, you got death traps, you got spooky spooky zombies, and then you also have your own pool of limited resources. So
1: shout out to Marshall Sutcliffe. That was a joke <laughs> exclusively for me.
0: I was like, yeah, no, I I don't lim- I don't get lim- that one.
1: Limited Limited Resources is the name of a podcast uh, hosted by a man named Marshall Sutcliffe, in which he talks about Magic the Gatherings okay. limited format. Uh, <laughs> okay. That was a gag exclusively for me, and I'm probably gonna cut this whole dumb bit <laughs> i'm really tired <laughs> never mind i'm not cutting
0: it it got funny <laughs> because i laughed
1: yes okay that's not a good metric
0: it's it's really not <laughs> i laugh at everything anyway <laughs> um the cool thing about the original resident evil 2 the original resident evil trilogy on playstation 1 is um like i said earlier like your resources are are very limited There is a finite number of just about... No, I want to say there's a finite number of everything in those games. And so what that means is you as the player have to know, like, okay, what is my route through this mansion? I have this key that I know unlocks this door in this area. You know what I just realized? I just realized we didn't actually establish what Resident Evil is. (laughs) But, like, I feel like it's... Dylan, what's Resident Evil? (laughs) I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Buttery smooth. (laughs) Resident Evil is a series of games that take place in, you know, usually a zombie apocalypse, or at least zombies have run over a city, or mansion, or prison island. It varies from game to game. Or Africa. Or, well, they're not zombies, but let's not get there. Uh, Let's not go there to Africa. Resident Uh, Evil 5 is bad. Resident Evil 5 is fine. It's just kind (laughs) of tasteless. But anyway, so at least classic Resident Evil is about um, kind of you are in this location where you have limited resources and... Basically, everything is dangerous and wants you dead. Um, And not only that, but these places are these weird, like, if you've ever been to an escape room, like, that is kind of what a Resident Evil game is. It is a very 90s sort of adventure game where you have to navigate an area and be like, all right, I have this key. This key goes here. Or I picked up this item. I know that this item will allow me to get this other item from this location it's the it it follows very much
1: the sort of point and click adventure game logic of like every obstacle is a door to which you must have a key. It's just that yeah. sometimes the door is a grate guarded by an angry cat and the key is a can of sardines you found in the cupboard. Like yeah, exactly.
0: Never that goofy in Resident Evil, but like that kind of logic it, it, is very much gets- the there are some puzzles that, that are that goofy, but um, an example from the original game is there is a huge sentient plant monster that, like, will wreck your shit. And so, you know, you can shoot it with your bullets or to save on ammunition, you can find a journal that uh, has, like, a formula for a compound that will kill this plant, and then you have to mix the ingredients up yourself. And then you feed that to the plant, and then the plant dies, and there's there's just <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. And so, it's it's really hard to explain, because like I feel like so many people know Resident Evil as, like, you go around and you shoot zombies, bang, bang, kill, kill, but there's actually a lot of... Um, there's a lot of spatial awareness you need to know. You need to kind of know the lay of the land, and you need to know where to go and what to bring with you, because you can't bring everything you have with you at once you have to kind of plan your routes and and i i think mm. sort of
1: a microcosm of what sets resident evil apart is there's in most games like period uh if you move from like one game zone to the next things in the zones you're not in kind of reset Like, either you killed everything in the previous zone and it stays dead if you ever backtrack through, or you killed everything in a zone and then when you come back, everything is back to being alive and it just, like, resets itself. In Resident Evil, there is, like, a consistency in the world. So, like, if a zombie is following you in Zone A and you move into Zone B, that zombie might be able to follow you into Zone B. That's only in the remake, actually. Oh, okay. But yeah. either way, the zombie will be in Zone A where you left it. The zombie does yeah. not, like, reset to its starting position. It stays wherever it was when you left the zone.
0: Actually, I hate to be that guy, but then are the you? Original... Oh, man.
1: <laughs> why, why is that so firmly in my head is, like, how this game um, series works?
0: Maybe the remake changed that. I, I... This is going to be a messy episode. Wow. It's okay. Um... We're...
1: We're we're getting something out there. We're yeah, again. Next yeah. episode is going to be very good. <laughs> Stay with us,
0: promise. <laughs> um,
1: maybe it's because I think that the most I've ever played of this game was actually the remake mm-hmm. when I was playing it with you.
0: Yeah, I think so. Maybe think, that's where,
1: where all of this is coming from for me.
0: I I I do want to say that the zombies don't reset in the remake, but I'm not positive. But we'll we'll roll with it. Um. People can call us out once we get big enough to have people who are that yeah. obsessed with calling us hey, out.
1: Hey, everyone listening, coming back to listen to this from Finding Us in episode 87. If you're really that nitpicky, <laughs> 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 then I'm glad you're listening, and thank you for following. Please, please subscribe. <laughs> tell us in the comment section what you think of our stupid wrong takes
0: oh my god but okay so yes all of this is important to know because like i might have said earlier or not we probably edited that out but everything you have in resident evil is finite your healing items are finite your ammo is finite the enemies are finite if you kill all the enemies in resident evil they are dead for good um however You don't know how many enemies there are going to be, so if you waste all of your bullets killing, like, a hallway full of zombies, guess what? You better hope you find more bullets, because, yeah, those zombies aren't coming back, but neither are those bullets you use.
1: Just to make, like, perfectly crystal clear, what Dylan is saying is not just, like, you have a finite amount of ammunition on you at any one time. Because, like, lots of games have that, and maybe that's what you're thinking. No, there are a finite number of bullets in the game that do not self-replenish. Yes. You, it is very possible to put yourself in a situation, if you are careless, where there is no more ammunition for you to find in the game.
0: And so, what it's so this cool. does. I love that. I always so forget about cool. that. It's so cool. <laughs> uh, so, what this does is this creates a sense of tension. And, you know, some people might argue that, like, tension forced upon the player in such a way is does not make for a fun game or an enjoyable game, but some people love that tension. Um,. I have to be in the mood for it admittedly but I think what's important is that this is a series that rose to fame because of how it limited it it took power that uh people who play video games take for granted in you know a more action oriented genre and they recontextualized those things so firearms are not a tool to get from point A to B well, they are not just a tool to get to point A to B. They are now a very they are a tool that you have to be very selective with. Yeah. Um, there are also some...
1: like they, it's a very cool way of making mechanical, making like a thing you as a player actually have to consider and actively engage with. Into like turning this mechanic into a source of tension, turning this mechanic into a reinforcement of this horror suspense, danger-around-every-corner kind of theme that the game is
0: building itself around. In addition to these limited resources, you also have a limited number of items that you can carry on, like, you can carry with you. So, in addition to everything we just mentioned, you there might be times where you just want to grab items, and, you know, you are already carrying a gun and some extra ammo and that is taking up inventory space you could use for another key that you just picked up. And so a huge thing about Resident Evil is that is knowing if you've come across zombies before and you didn't kill them, you need to ask yourself am I ready to go back through this hallway? Um if you have or if you're running low on ammo, you have to think what should I use what's left of my Uh, What's left of my damage output? What should I save that for? What should I use that on? How many bosses am I going to run into? What monstrosities are these bosses? And so, in old classic Resident Evil, um, on top of this, you are also... The original Resident Evil games have these very fixed camera angles on these these pre-rendered backgrounds. Which is to say, they are illustrations that you're running on. Which is hard to envision, I imagine. But if if you see a Resident Evil game on the PS1 running in motion, you'll get what I mean. Yeah, this um, is
1: a that's that was a trick that a lot of games in like the early 3D era uh, would use. You see it in a lot of early 3D like point and click adventure games, like Grim Fandango. You see it in Resident Evil, Final Fantasy VII
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, was the same way. But it's a way of essentially like. It's like when you're watching a Hanna-Barbera cartoon and you can very clearly tell that one of the logs is going to move because it is, like, drawn with less fidelity than the very painstakingly painted backdrop, because yeah. the backdrop was static and they would just animate on top of it. It's the same kind of deal as that, if yeah. that makes it easier for anyone. Resident Evil an is really
0: just Scooby-Doo.
1: <laughs> it's, not, it's not
0: not that. <laughs> Scooby-Doo with guns. Scooby-Doo with guns and death and body horror um i wanted to just say so the live-action scooby-doo
1: movie but that (laughs) like if you consider peeling rowan atkinson's face away to reveal a bad robot then i guess that's body horror
0: that was body horror also like weren't the monsters like mutated humans or something I don't remember enough. I think so. They were these CGI monstrosities. Like they were not
1: weird move. Anyway,
0: I I, you know Scooby Doo might have been scarier than the Paul W S Anderson Resident Evil movies.
1: (laughs) You're you're not wrong. (laughs) But uh,
0: (laughs) so I'm playing Resident Evil 2 with my friend, and I think the first thing he had to get used to, uh, you know. Since playing the h d remake of the original game is tank controls, and so <clears throat> that was a huge learning curve for him and I think, as I was trying to explain why the tank controls are there, it kind of led to a realization about them and so uh for people who don't know, I feel like we might have addressed this in the previous episode, but uh, tank controls are a method of control for a character where um, they are relative to the character's direction. So pressing left on the control stick doesn't actually move the character left on the screen. Pressing left on the controller causes the character to turn left, and pressing right causes them to turn right. Pressing down causes them to walk backwards, and up causes them to walk forwards. So essentially what this is is you know, if a camera angle changes on the character, because, once again, these are pre-illustrated backgrounds, so it's a fixed angle, um, what happens is that this character will continue running forward, because you don't actually need to change the direction you are pressing in. And so, you know, it took my friend a while to get used to that, because since technology has improved, uh, that has not really been a necessity for other Resident Evil games. But... He, uh, you know, he, he's, he's trying to navigate in Resident Evil 2 and the important thing to note is that Resident Evil 2 starts you first screen, there are like five zombies surrounding you <gasps> and they just kind of drop, drop the player into this situation and if they've never played a Resident Evil game before, they will die a lot in this opening segment uh, It is the game telling you, like, if you know how to play Resident Evil, great keep playing, if you don't you gotta learn, here you go and so um, he was getting frustrated, but I, I basically explained to him that the the cool thing about uh, tank controls, and I think the one reason why I don't hate them, even if they are antiquated by today's standards, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. What I like about them is that they, they kind of force you to stop and consider your options. So zombies move very slowly in the original Resident Evil. Uh, they just kind of shamble towards you like in... Very old zombie movies, how they would do that, so their makeup wouldn't fall off um, and you you basically have to like kind of take the time to realize, okay, the zombie is coming at me from this angle. I know that if they lunge at me, they will reach me in like this amount of time, so I need to I need to kind of calculate the exact angle I need to be walking and react accordingly, and so I think that kind of informs the player of how they need to approach this this isn't a game where you can kind of just blast your way through um you can just blast your way through a zombie apocalypse this is a game where you kind of need to take your time and consider and not succumb to pressure even as like a horde of zombies are coming on to you uh that sounded wrong. Let me rephrase that. Uh, <laughs> hey,
1: baby. Uh, oh,
0: no. Uh, but, <laughs>
1: but I think that, that that pacing thing is a very important... I don't know. The, the more that I remember and the more that you explain this, the more I'm like, oh, dang. This team really knew how to make their mechanics meaningful. Because, like, even just... Like you're saying, even just having those slower zombies are allowing you to have that time and allowing them to build a game where they can, like force you to be that thoughtful
0: yeah um i think another good example of this is in the ps2 metal gear solid games where you can't you can aim and shoot but um the only way you can actually look down your sights is if you are standing still and uh if you're like because people who don't know what metal gear solid is don't worry about this i'm only touching on this briefly um if you, because the point of Melgar is that you are sneaking around without getting caught. Um, if you are aiming down your sights to fire at someone, you are actually you have to stand still and commit to that, um, and you you can't move out of that. Yep. Um, it, it's it's kind of like that. It's you are being limited in a way that increases your immersion. I suppose is the best way to to phrase it. Yeah it it is a limitation, but
1: it is a limitation not just to limit you but but one that creates a new obstacle under which you need to be operating yes it's a new like fact of the problem solving that you have to do and that you have to take into effect and again like as with all things not everyone likes this but like even if you don't particularly like this form of gameplay you have to give them credit for like the creativity of it
0: yeah uh resident evil 2 in particular is kind of weird uh when i first popped it in for my friend i told him that like this is the aliens this is the um james cameron to the original game's ridley scott alien um for people who have never seen the alien movies uh what that is to say is that the original is very atmospheric it is very tense it is very it is very scary (laughs) And the the second the sequel to that is still scary, but it's also very action-oriented. And so um, Resident Evil 2 kind of does this balancing act where, you know, for the most part, it is like the original game. But it, it's also kind of streamlined. You don't get lost as easily in Resident Evil 2. Um, there are more bosses, and they all have, like, kind of more of a sci-fi des- aesthetic to them where the original Resident Evil bosses were more uncanny, in my opinion. Um, There's some yucky bosses in Resident Evil. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, So, alright. Sorry to kind of get rambly on you guys, uh, but after taking a quick breather, um, I have realized that I've, I've kind of established the core tenets of the Resident Evil... the early Resident Evil games. And so... Before I before I move on to the remake, I think it's important to kind of touch upon the uh, the later Resident Evil games. Um, so Resident Evil Four came out. I want to say in two thousand four or five, and it was a smash hit. It was amazing. It redefined third person shooters, not horror games, um, but it it was very action oriented. Uh, really had a B action movie type of vibe, and that's kind of the direction the series went. In for the next couple games, and you know they were they were kind of fun light uh, games that you would play with friends, but a lot of people were really hoping for a, a return to form to that more deliberately paced um, exploration based feeling of tension. Yeah, and so you know Capcom's in kind of a, a sticky wicket because. You know, they have created these third-person shooters that have redefined third-person shooters, and, you know, they they didn't quite want to go back to pre-rendered ang- or fixed camera angles, tank controls, all the things that kind of made Resident Evil what it was and what got people into the mindset of these characters that they are controlling. Um, But Resident Evil 7 came out last year. It was it's last year, so right? No, it was two years God. ago. It was two... Holy shit, it was two
1: years ago. It's 2019,
0: bruh. Oh my god. Uh, But anyway, Resident Evil 7 came out last two years ago. And it (laughs) was really kind of a return to form. Um, That game was from the first-person perspective, but I wish I could talk more about it, but I haven't actually played it. I watched the Let's Play of it. Um, But it, it did bring back limited ammo. It brought back a limited inventory. Um... The enemies are these slow and shambly, hulking monstrosities. It, it really just kind of... It, it brought back that deliberateness, even with the control being as different as it was. But uh, I haven't played Resident Evil 7. What I have played, though, is the remake of Resident Evil 2. Um, last weekend, Capcom released a 30-minute sample platter of Resident Evil 2 and you you could basically play the game for thirty minutes, then you were cut off, and you would have to buy the rest of the game uh which I have mixed feelings on, but I think you know what I did play gave me a good idea of what to expect um so this game's really exciting because I love the high octane third person shooter Resident Evils, but what this upcoming Resident Evil 2 does is that it it has the third person camera angle but it is very it brings the deliberateness back by making the shooting awkward and that sounds like that could be a bad thing but considering the genre that they are going for um you can unlike the original resident evil games you can move and shoot as zombie shamble to you but it does this weird thing where like you're aiming reticle gets really sluggish as you move and shoot so aiming is a lot harder similar thing
1: was done recently in Mm -hmm. uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 right they attempted to make it as much of like an immersive realistic like you know it's Rockstar Games they want it to be as true to form as possible it is Uh, a cowboy simulator yeah they they made cowboy simulator 2019 2018 that was last year now (laughs) but like they did a similar thing where like aiming is not Bad, but is very specific. Like they, they kind of crafted their own jank into the aiming mechanics, and everything you do on top of just standing still and looking down the barrel adds another layer of jank. So if you're trying to shoot from horseback, like good luck. That
0: that is one major thing that has kind of made up for the improvement in technology and game design that has come with the last twenty so years of progression and i think what i what i really like about this though is that it it still has come back to the slower more deliberate style of those old games you are exploring a police station resident evil 2 takes place in a police station not a mansion a police station designed by moon men it's it's true there's there's a whole lot of lore there that i will not get into for the sake of this podcast in brevity but um i think it's actually a repurposed museum <laughs> designed by moon men (laughs) designed by moon men yes the core thing about this game is that shooting is awkward and i guess that kind of makes up for like the fact that like movement is very much improved um but also zombies take a lot of hits to kill so that's the trade-off instead of like you know being more actiony In uh, the action-oriented Resident Evils, there was a certain level of satisfaction that came to shooting a zombie, which I realize is concerning in its own right, but just stick with me for a second. Mm. Um, In Resident Evil 2, or Resident Evil 2 Remake, there is a feeling of, like, when you shoot them, their limbs will kind of, you know, just kind of dangle from where you shot them, and, like, there's a lot of oozing and grossness. Yum, Uh, yum, yum it's it's terrible it's terrible (laughs) like it makes shooting them feel like you know it's it's a visceral punishment on my psyche uh (laughs) (laughs) uh and like there's there's this feeling of every time you shoot them like you are not slowing them down at all and it really feels like what you are attacking isn't human and that creates fear in its own right um In every Resident Evil game prior to that, even, I would argue, the original games, you shoot a zombie, they will recoil, and that was a strategy for getting around them. Um, That is not the case. So it's, it's almost like you are, even though you have more control over what you are doing as a player in this simulated space, you can, like, the strategies that kept you safe are not as reliable as they were in previous games. And so I think it is cool that they are able to recreate this feeling of desperation by taking what has become familiar and rendering it alien. So it's you're less able to,
1: like, I know exactly how to handle, like, I've played this game five times. I know exactly what I need and how much, like how many bullets I need to get through this hallway. If things go right, you can no longer rely on that level of, like, certainty on repeat yeah. playthroughs is what you're saying, kind of. Yeah. I, I, I love think a, g- that. That's so cool.
0: <laughs> I think a, a, the best example that I can uh, possibly say is that in old Resident Evil games, you you could tell that a zombie was dead for good when they lie on the floor and blood starts pooling out from under them. Because um, otherwise they might be lying on the floor, but they might actually be alive and like bite your leg if you get too close. Uh, zombies in the remake don't have that tell. <laughs> like, if love they it. start bleeding, they can get back up. Um they might actually, like, simulate being dead. You leave the room, you come back, they are still alive. God, I want,
1: I don't know if this is something they've coded in, but I, like, I want the very horror movie moment of, like, you kill the zombie, you go, you do some stuff, you come back to the room where you killed that
0: zombie, and it's just not there. Like, it's just gone. Well, I mean, like, in Resident Evil games, when you kill a zombie for good, they, they despawn.
1: I know, but I'm imagining a world where that <laughs> doesn't happen. I want to play this remake. Again, like, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Resident Evil person. I've never been, like... I don't... Let me back up. I like horror as a genre. I think horror is fascinating. I think horror, like, whether it's film or games or whatever, there's a lot that you can learn from watching good examples or consuming good examples of horror media. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that's done to create that particular response in people well that's really cool and very fun. But the act of the consuming is not fun for me.
0: Yeah, no, I feel that, I feel that. I am I actually don't watch or play a whole lot of yeah, horror like, myself. One,
1: one of my favorite movies that came out in the past five or so years was The Babadook. Mm. Watching The Babadook was one of the worst two hours of my life. <laughs> Afterwards... I love it, and I love like I, being able to think back on that movie and all of the things that it did to make it the worst two hours of my life <laughs> were really okay. cool. And I like okay. I I like that, and that's this conversation is giving me that feeling that I know that I'm like I'm probably gonna go and I'm gonna get Resident Evil Two's remake, and then I'm never going to play it.
0: Okay, I will say you should at least try uh, Resident Evil Two's remake. I I know that it will have different difficulty settings. I feel like they are easier to get into than the older games, just because uh, the remake will be play like a third-person shooter. Oh, so I'm not you'll worried li- about the difficulty settings. I'm worried about the very, very, very,
1: very, very tight nature that my butthole will take the minute the startup <laughs> screen ta- uh, appears <laughs> and will not relieve itself until many hours after I stop playing.
0: Well, I guess, I guess this is something you should uh, consider, is... And... You know, unfortunately, this is something that the older games, I feel like, will do better than the newer games. Uh, but, like, there is a beautiful level of cheese to all of the old <laughs> Resident Evil games um, that I I, I do want to believe will be present in Resident Evil 2 just because the original game's story was so batshit insane. <laughs> um, I, I'm hoping it's not like it's the old game, but now it's serious. Um, I, I, I hope it keeps that level of camp because like in addition to like being these scary horror games they are also they've always kind of had the dna of really campy b action movies to them and i think it's it's that balance it, that makes it them does fun provide a appealing. nice palate cleanse yeah that's what makes them appealing to me i don't think because like i i cannot play a game like amnesia the dark descent that is like too oppressive to me but like i've always loved resident evil because it's like you are playing as a schlocky B-action hero who is stuck in a zombie apocalypse, and, you know... Yeah, it,
1: if Amnesia the Dark Descent is the Babadook, the Resident Evil, like, the early Resident Evil games are, like, evil dead.
0: Yeah, I think that's the best way to Like, there's it.
1: genuine moments of effective horror there, but it's also willing to be goofy and willing to have fun with itself. Yeah. You're kind of driver's seat on this one. Is that is there anything else you wanted to throw out there, or...? We're probably um, in a position we can wrap up pretty, ra-
0: this, pretty soon. It, it, it would probably be a good idea to wrap up. I'm sorry if I ever lead another episode. I will have more of a script, not that's a script, okay. but I will I, have more I of like, a direction. You know,
1: I think we had. A, I think this is a good one. I think we okay. Uh, we've got some fun stuff here, and I don't know. I I enjoy listening to people talk about shit that they're excited about, and that's what I just mm. got to do with my friend, and like throw in my own two cents every now and then. So I feel that this was fun for me. Okay, um, cool. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, sorry this episode is so late. Uh, We are recording this on Thursday night. I am going to try my damnedest to have this uploaded and out there in the world no later than, like, Friday night. Uh, I do work another shift tomorrow, so, like, if terrible, terrible things happen, uh, it'll be Saturday by midday at the absolute latest. And then we're recording our next episode, and that will be up on Monday. Regular time, regular place. Same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, So thank you for being patient with us. We hope that this one is fun and uh, like we said at the beginning, we're going to sort of get that new mission statement out there in the next couple weeks once we've had more time to brainstorm that and, you know, workshop it together. Um, Yeah. Thank you all for listening to Backstage Gaming Tardy Edition. Uh, We really appreciate you coming and listening and We would very much appreciate you sharing the word and spreading us around all over the place. Spread some jam on that toast and spread our podcast on your friends. Um, (laughs) I
0: have a lot of statements (laughs) to say, most of them countering all of the advice you just gave.
1: Uh, Tell people about us. That is the way that we are going to grow, and uh, you can... Of course, do that via our various social media channels,
0: which are Uh, we got Facebook. We doing (laughs) the wheeler thing again? No, Uh, we our social media. We got Facebook, Twitter. Our handle is at BSG underscore Cast. Uh, We have a YouTube. We also have a Tumblr. I will upload it. I promise you. Um, (laughs) I will update it rather. Um, But if you ever want to tweet about us or you know, any of those various wonderful things that involve hashtags, Uh, we recommend you use hashtag BSGpod. Um, If you like our logo, not our logo, but our our splash art. Yeah, splash art. Yeah, splash art. Um, That was done by our good friend Brennan French. If you like his art, you can check him out at brennanfrench.squarespace.com. That is B-R-E-N-N-E-N hyphen french.squarespace.com.
1: Uh, you should also go check out our good friend BioQuery. He did our theme song, Dot Sound Radio Volume One Instrumentality, and you can find him. I recently found out he's got some stuff on Spotify, which is super cool. Or oh, you can shoot. go to I the source to to that. Yeah, you can go to the source uh at soundcloud.com slash bioquery. That's soundcloud.com slash B I O Q U E R Y. Uh you can also find us at our website, which is BSGpod.com. That's BSGPod.com. We've got our Sort of glossary of terms we've got our episodes direct from the source we've got bios for me and dylan uh now that we both actually have other things going on i might see about putting up like a you know news sort of page yeah. uh just for okay, like annu- cool. you know announcements uh of what we're up to and what other things you can look for us on um but yeah that's our website and i think that covers it so thank you all for listening and we will talk to you again real soon in like two to three days. When the next episode comes out. Uh, Thanks for listening to Backstage Gaming. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.